We're an hour late, as usual. And it's Tuesday, so technically we're 24 hours early, because, you know, normally we don't start till Wednesday, even though we're supposed to start on Tuesday. Now, as always, <laughs> we will start off with experience. So everybody, you get 1,125 experience for the fight that we did get to hear last week. Oh, no. We get 1,000 points experience? 1,125, which will just make it harder to add together. Oh, my God. Do we want to round that up to 1,130? That would be nice. We'll round that up to 1,130. math. I don't know how to math correctly. 1,000. Wait a minute. 130. That's the real paper. You're giving me the wrong one? <laughs> yes. That equals 16,705. Does that sound about right, Tiffy? Yep. I don't know math. And also, as has become normal in recent episodes, last time the episode cut off because my recording software seems to be having issues with crashing for no apparent reason. So everyone is going to have to do a really good recap of what happened. Ghostslinger, you always remember the best but refuse to talk. <laughs> so... And, uh... Can we bypass the you not talking part and you do the recap of where we started off last week? She did a really good job last time she did it. I don't remember. Oh, honey, I remember that you did a good job last time. Looking for a dragonborn. You were all in the middle of a fight last week. Yeah, we fought. Actually, you were at the start of a fight Mm -hmm. last week. Last week was all combat. Oh, those. Except for the part that wasn't, which we lost. We fought the harpies. Harpies, yeah. The harpies. And... Save the dragonborn. Oh, I was going to say, y'all died. And that was the end of the podcast. Everyone can stop listening now. Yeah! No. But no, you didn't die. What happened instead of you dying, Ghost Slinger? Ahem. We saved the dragonborn, and then the dragonborn taught us how to get into the Feywild, and we lost Brandon Branderson. Oh, that's terrible. Wow, that was really... That was really, really not detailed. Because I don't remember enough. Okay. Well, after the fight happened, it took you guys like, it felt like an hour to find a body. Oh, wait. Uh, there was Merlin's stupid camp thing. Camp thing? Trying to analyze the blood. <laughs> <laughs> His little setup of the blood. So it took like, uh, it felt like a half hour for you guys to find a body in the bushes, which I do have right up to the point where Asharis rushed over to try and administer first aid to this person and make sure they were alive or not. Whereas the rest of you were like analyzing a blood trail or debating over whether or not to loot the body. Yes. But Ashar is being the goodest person, ran in to try and help them. You can't loot me. I'm not dead yet. <laughs> and what you found was a lady dragonborn named Awen. What the hell? Uh, and you fe- found out that she had spent several days clinging to life, protecting two eggs. And those eggs were not from these giant, great, big bramble nests, but were instead from smaller what? nests down on the side of the cliff face. Belonging to the hippogriffs. Her name was Awen. You find this dragonborn named Awen. She's got these two eggs, and she tells you that they are the only ones she was able to get 
before she was overwhelmed by the harpies and the charmed hippogriffs. Merlin lowered the eggs back into the nests below on the side of the cliff, and your speckled hippogriff uh, was very sad, but at seeing that there are still two eggs, they are very happy that there is hope for the future. At that point, it is revealed that I'm telling a terrible story, and no one remembers anything at all that they're supposed to, about what they're supposed to be doing. But eventually we got to the point where the party found out that the dragonborn Awen could teach them a ritual to commune with Bahamut. However, when they were performing the ritual, instead of the voice of Bahamut, the party was greeted by the voice of a very happy Rawl, whom had opened a portal into the middle of their ritual. Rawl thanked Awen for helping to pinpoint where the party was with her ritual, and she gave a small and Awen gave a small bag of herbs and spices to Merlin so that the party could perform the ritual again should they need to commune with Bahamut in the future. She was very confused as the party followed the small kobold through the portal and into the Feywild, which looked very much like a cupcake instead of a grassy hillside. Well, all except one. Brandon, not being marked by Argal as the others had been, could not move through the portal and instead passed through it, remaining on the material plane. Brandon said his farewells to the party and told you all to come back and get him whenever you have a chance. But not everything was the sadness at the end of the episode, as they were greeted by a familiar voice of Dargon! Dargon! Of Dargon. And when they looked around, they found that there is an outline of a large silver dragon perched on the peak of the cupcake cliffs around them. Cupcake? Yay, recap! Mm. Can you all hear my, my dice? You're probably going to hear me fidgeting with those. Mm. Dang it. It's all right. Today is going to be a very fun adventure of me not having prepped anything, but we will do with what I have. I'm going to miss Brandon Branderson giving us the five hit points and all that sort of thing mm. that he did. Ref, oh my. Should have had a paladin in the first place. Ghostslinger going to die and then suddenly there's a paladin. Mm. <laughs> Yay! Let's pick up right after you guys stepped through the portal. And you hear, Brave adventurers, you have done well. I trust that you didn't have difficulty in securing this artifact. Who has the artifact? Me. Don't I normally hold these things, though? You got them in that little bag of yours? It's not little. It's a literal bag that has a pocket dimension in it. I like that. Very good. Thank you. I thought that's what... Uh... Oh, no. You are carrying the bag of holding, aren't you? Yes. Yeah, I she's got it that. all. She steals things, carries stuff. She's good. Who knows what's in that bag by now? Very handy. Probably like everything shiny within a hundred miles. <laughs> <laughs> it's worse yep. than that. Just think about it and reach in and you grab it. <laughs> and I get all of these bonuses on my deception and persuasion and stealth. So I can just take everything from you. <laughs> I am not on my mountain, so my powers are not quite so great here. But we must still destroy that cursed bracelet. Bracelet? Bracelet. Semi-seat. Do you see that spike over on the peak of the cliff? Please place the bracelet over the spike. Wow. Something's going to happen. All right. You see a big spike pointed face down, or point down into the pink earth at the top of the path on the cliffside. I'll go put it over there. Asharis goes over and she slips this bracelet over the over this big spike that's buried in the dirt. 
then Rawl kind of scooches you out of the way. And you see Argal puff up all big and bring in this big breath of dragon air. And he goes to breathe out and a big old blast of dragon fire engulfs the spike in the bracelet. And you see it like shooting off the side of the cliff Mm. into the air as this spike in this bracelet get bathed in dragon fire. Mm. He just keeps breathing this big waft of air for a really long time. It feels like a solid minute, but the bracelet still isn't melting away and disappearing like the amulet did. Mm. And it keeps going. Uh, he keeps breathing fire until at last Rawl like runs around behind him, climbs up his tail, climbs up onto his back, jumps on his face. And then you see this little tiny kobold taking a big breath and breathe out with him. And this little tiny, like, stream of blue flame comes out of his mouth. It's itty-bitty tiny by comparison to the big dragon. But it's just enough as the power from the two separate creatures combines. And at last, the bracelet starts to melt down and disappear. Mm. And right before it completely melts away, the spike gives up and the bracelet launches off the side of the cliff and then poof! Into a big old cloud of black ash. Oh. It explodes. Well, it explodes. Hmm. If at first Interesting. it doesn't succeed, blow it up again. So, how many of these things are left? Well, now that we've destroyed that one, I think we only have to deal with one more. And, thanks to the work of our good friend Dargan here, we think we know where it is. Hmm. For one? Dargan kind of puffs up and is all proud, and he says, I'm, I'm filling in for our normal Dargan, too. Oh, no. Uh, he says, yes, my men have cleared a path leading to the south. We believe because there's been an incursion of shadow creatures down there that the final artifact is in the south. The final? In the material planes, it would be in the swamps. But here, should be much easier to reach it. Hmm. Okay, wait, so we gotta stay in the fey? Is it in the material plane? Rawl Rawl jumps down off of Argal's head, and he says, Much easier, and nods. (laughs) Alright, we're staying in the fey. Alright. We clear path. Hmm. They cleared a path through the woods, or through the brush, or through the... Grass. Through evil. Or killed a bunch of people so we can walk through them. Oh, evil, okay. Evil. Evil. (laughs) This is episode 50. Oh, wait. Oh, perfect. I'm completely unprepared for a a really big, important episode. This is awesome. Monumental. It's all right. We're ad-libbing. The point of accomplishment is marred by the fact that the last two episodes have ended abruptly with no audio but we'll, we will persevere. Is it still recording? I've changed my setup again in order to know that, yes, it's still going. It won't break tonight because I'm not prepared. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, so we're on the side of a mountain, and we're going to go down into the swamp area near the There's ocean no or near a river. It is not a swamp. No, he said it was near the swamp. On the material plane. Oh, you said it was a swamp. We're in the Feywild. 
On the material plane, you're not on the material plane. You're in the Feywild. Everything is different. You were just standing on the side of a cliff overlooking the ocean. Here, you're still standing on the side of a cliff, but the ground is pink and has patches of white uh, moss growing on it. It looks like a cupcake. Oh, my God. So it's not a swamp. It's probably not a swamp. I might have it laid out. I thought we were going to go to a swamp. Names and places. Maybe it's in here? Since Merlin is very curious what it is. Well, I thought you, if you played that back, you said we were going to go down the hill to a swamp that they'd cleared out the area for us to get there. Yes, on the material plane, it would be a swamp. That was all I could remember. I have another thing that breaks out what everything is in the Shadowfell and what everything is in the Feywild. I just have to find it. All right. I'm sorry. I shouldn't be so nosy. <laughs> so where is Brandon Branderson this particular day? Is he still in the... Uh, he's trapped. Is he, he trapped in the... Is he trapped in the... F well, he's standing on the top of a cliff. Alone. On the material plane by the dwarves. So is there any way to communicate with him or no? No. If you have the sending ritual. Which he does not have so I, I used to get these messages from somebody in my head. Yeah, from the big dragon standing in front of you. From the guy here. So is so is it possible to contact him that way or no? It is absolutely possible to do that, but you don't know how. Okay. I'm just going to forget about Brandon Branderson. It's too bad. It's there? I thought maybe he could he could have a break. It's there! Ha! I found it! A pot of gold or what? <laughs> found my log of what everything is in He's the all excited. Fell. I don't know. It's supposed to be somewhere here is the... Did I not do what everything is in the Feywild? I thought I did. Well, look, the, the, you can stop that. The only confusing part to me was you said we're going to go down the hill to the swamp. Yes. If you were on the material plane, it would be a swamp. Yeah, but you didn't say that. I could have sworn I had what everything was in the Feywild, too. But apparently, that's missing. We're in the Feywild now. Yeah, I know, which is why it would make sense if I knew what the heck it was. Well, no. The, in the we're Feywild. In the, we're in the Feywild, but you said we're going to go down the hill south, and they cleared the way to the swamp. That's why I was questioning it. I'm not going to ask again. I don't want to know. We're just going to go down there and kick some butt. And how come you didn't let me use my fire breathing as skills to help melt that bracelet? <laughs> yes, fine. Because you're not a dragon. But I have fire breathing capabilities. Brandon's Branderson is here! <laughs> oh my gosh! You, you should hear them screaming. Because you are here. Yay! Yay! <laughs> we can communicate! The Disney princess Hi. has arrived. We, we can communicate. Jessica said you're a Disney princess. I, well, that is true. <laughs> See, I win over everything. That's the best. All I can think is Candyland and Gumdrop Forest. Yes. That was that was the best part no, of the whole night right there. <laughs> what? Well, he's gone now. We lost two again. I know, but I mean, it was so cool. He's still real. <laughs> no, I said, can we communicate? Everybody says no. And I say, ha ha. I love it. <laughs> Isn't it ironic? What did you just say? Isn't it ironic? Don't you think? It's ironic. That's not the song I'm thinking of. Well, that's the song she's singing. Well, then I'm not interested.
Why did the thing just do that? It does that to me all the time. So, in your world, it would be a swamp. But here, it is a crystalline jungle. Oh, no, not the jungle. <laughs> like a, a sugar crystal? jungle? Crystalline? Crystalline. Oh, crystalline. Okay. Crystal jungle. Hmm, that seems cool. But everything's cupcakes, so is it made of sugar? No, Mom. A sugar jungle? Don't you dare eat this. I will eat it. Just gonna try eating the creations of the <laughs> No, I thought it was. No spitting. <laughs> oh, by the way. Oh, by the way. Jessica and. Hello, uh, not yes. Jessica. Wait a second. Uh, what are you? What is your name? <laughs> it is Jessica, unless you want to call her Ghost Slinger. Well, I know. But okay, this has nothing to do with the game, but. On that stupid show, American Has Talent or whatever, they had four guys, or maybe five, with mouthfuls of water, <laughs> squirting it on each other to music. If you could imagine this, they were wearing like tuxedos, and they were spitting water into each other's mouth from, from like two feet away to music, huh. and the audience was getting sick. <laughs> the, the judges were getting sick. It was horrible. And yet, they moved on to the next level. I couldn't figure that out. Oh my goodness. What? It was just impressive. impressive. Well, it was different. Nobody had ever done that before, so they were like on their own. They want to see what they're going to come up with next. I guess so. What? It, it'll be hard to see. That's worse than the guy swallowing glass and swords and stuff. Hmm. Okay. I, I only did that because Jessica was spitting. Okay, now. We were both so, spitting. Yes, okay. Does the dragon have any advice for us? Life advice, please. Not that kind of advice. Advice on any... Advice? I can do much better than advice. <gasps> you will need more power if you are to go after this last artifact. Based on how hard it was to clear the path for you, what's inside the crystalline jungle must be extremely powerful. It must have bathed in an evil essence for many, many years. You're echoing. Why am I echoing? I don't know. Not echoing. He means dying, distorting. We can't understand you anyway. I cut enough of it to. We need more power. We need more power because the jungle is bathed in darkness and it has been for a while. He's gonna. Are you gonna give us power or do we earn it or what? <laughs> Seriously, give us more power. <laughs> I like his style though. Just ask for it. Well, Can you give me more power? He, he has the ability to do this. He's the uh, the dragon. My upload speed is zero megabytes per second. Oh, my God. Nice. Bum, bum, bum. Right? Let me just, we could just call on the phone. <laughs> but we hear him just fine. Yeah, we hear you. All right, we'll keep going. I don't know why it's being so terrible. Because you're in Oklahoma. Why, yes, of course. I believe I can add to the enchantments of your weaponry. (gasps) Merlin, I see you have a new gem on your staff. I do. And a big old dragon head whips around real close and looks at the gem on your staff. I don't like dragon heads. It has the ability to look around corners and through walls. Oh no, its neck can bend all the way around. It can go like an owl. Raw comes over to you and he says... Staff and holds out his hands. All right, so I hand him the staff. 
All right, you handle all the staff. And he walks up onto the burnt top of the cliff where the spike was and that just got burned away. And he holds the staff up over his head with the gem on the top. Like like that. Okay, go ahead. I want to say like a golf tee, <laughs> but that's terrible. It's a terrible image of him holding it up like a golf tee. Let's say he's holding it up like Link holds up the Master Sword when he first gets the Master Sword. And you see Argal turn around and he uh, faces Rawl and he says, I think I can unlock more potential within your enchanted stone. And then he takes a much shallower breath than when he was trying to destroy the amulet. And he breathes in and puffs out a very fine, small line of blue flame that wraps around and envelops the stone. And then it actually looks like it gets absorbed into the multifaceted gem. And then he stops and all of the fire just that was whirling around this gem sucks into it. Hmm. And then Rawl comes walking back over with the staff, real proud of himself, and he hands it back to Merlin. Try now. Hmm. Merlin, now. Yes. Your gem, while it is on your person, you may speak its command word and recover one expended spell. If the expended spell slot is of the fourth level or higher, the new spell... Wait, what is... Yes, you may recover one expended spell. If the expended spell was of the fourth level or higher, the new spell slot is of the third level. So it drops down one level. No, if it's fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, if you use any spell above third or above, you get back a spell slot of third level. Okay. Essentially, if you use a second level spell and then you use this thing, you'll get back a second level spell slot. But if you use a third level spell or a fourth, fifth, sixth level spell, you'll recover a third level spell slot. So it essentially gives you one extra third level spell slot. Okay, cool. Hmm. All right. And as you hold it in your hands and you gaze into it, you can see that it has a much higher energy potential than it did before. And you'll have to give it a new command word. Because you already have, oh no, whatever vision is in Greek or Latin. Vidiri. Yes, you already have Vidiri. Vidiri. Seeing. Pronounce correctly. I'm sorry, Vidiri. Vidiri. So you can give it another spell, uh, another new uh, command word, in order to have it do a different thing. So it's now a very, very enchanted gem. Hmm. Ghost slinger. Hello. Yes. I know you have waited long and trained hard. It seems as if your nemesis is eternally persistent in chasing you around the realms. So I will gift you the biggest blessing of all. Rawl. And then Rawl comes over to you and he holds out his little clawed hands and he says, Sword! Okay, I'm gonna give him the sword now. Do you have more than one, or do you just have the one sword? You have a short sword. Which sword do you want to give him? The katana. Okay. You hand over your curved blade katana, and Rawl does the same thing. He walks with it up to the top of the cliff, and he holds it up over his head like Link does with the master sword. And then Argal takes in a fairly decent breath. Not like he was trying to destroy the thing, but he's taking in a bigger breath than he did with Merlin's item. And the Flame, like, 
cone is much wider. It's over a much wider swath of area. It partly engulfs Rawl's arms oh, as he is holding the sword in the air. And when hmm. Argal stops, you see that the blade is glowing blue. What does that remind me of? I wonder. So, after it's glowing blue, Rawl takes it and puts it point down into the ground and draws out in the ash of the burned clifftop a spell circle around it. And then he stands to the side and you hear a rhythmic chanting. And that spell circle lifts up out of the ground and spins around the sword three times. And then... It kind of gets really big and then breaks and dissipates out into the surrounding environment. And then Raw walks over, grabs a sword, picks it up. The slow, the blue glow of the flames isn't as intense now. He brings it back over and presents it to Ghostslinger and says, Sword! <laughs> I'll take my sword back now. Thanks, man. Ghostslinger, when you take back the sword, you feel... Suddenly, very warm. It's a fire sword. A flaming sword. Ghost Slinger, I have enchanted your blade with my fiery breath. When you hit an enemy with this magical sword, the target will take 1d6 cold damage. You have resistance to fire damage while the sword is in your hand. And, in freezing temperatures, the blade will shine a bright light in a 10-foot radius and a dim light for another 10 feet. Once per hour, when you draw the weapon, you can extinguish all non-magical flames within 30 feet of you. Can turn on all the lights? Let's turn off the lights. She can turn off all the flames. Hmm. But she can only do it once per hour. Ah, darn. Hmm. It's a very interesting sword that I will probably not remember half of this stuff. I'm writing it down. Thank you. Yeah, you better write it down, because I am certainly not going to be in charge of remembering your magic items. Oh, no. Am I Asharis. moping? Yes. Uh, Who's moping? What? The people outside. Are you writing down 1d6 cold damage? Yes, yeah. I am. I can give you a shortcut later that you might be able to look it up online, but I don't know if the rules will be exactly accurate, but I can give you the shortcut. After we're done. Asharis, it seems to me as if you have become the front person of the group, always stepping in between evil and your comrades. It's very brave of you. And it seems as if the dwarves crafted you a wonderful piece of mithril armor. Rawl comes over, and he sticks his little clawed hands out in front of you, and he says, Mithril! We'll give what? you the mithril breastplate. All right. You hand over this big mithril breath breastplate, and Rawl takes it, and he puts the straps over his arms on both sides, and he walks to the top of the hill to the same spot that he's been in before, and he holds his arms straight up in the air. And when he does, Argal takes uh, a breath and puffs out a big, fiery smoke ring. Hmm. That swirls around in the air, and it uh, envelops, so it's a smoke ring, so it kind of goes up to Rawl, and then bends down around him and starts spinning in circles, 
as he's wearing this breastplate that's way too big for him. He's much smaller than you. And the fire and flame that you see whirling around him, kind of in this big smoke ring still, slowly starts to draw in, and it comes in closer and closer and closer until you can't see him anymore. He's completely surrounded by this whirling mess of flames and smoke. And you hear some of that rhythmic chanting again. And eventually you see Rawl jumping up and down in the middle of the smoke as it starts to dissipate and kind of gravitate around the mithril. And then as slowly as it drew in, it bursts out from him and you see a very similar kind of blue glow about the mithril. And he unstraps it, walks back to you and presents it with to you. What do you do when he presents you this this breastplate that you've had before? Why, thank you, Brawl. And I shall take it from him. Try it on. I want to see what happens. Yeah, yeah I'll put it on, I guess. Asharis, while wearing this armor, if you see evil being done, you may take swift action to stand against it. You have advantage on initiative rolls and wisdom perception checks. Advantage on what? Initiative rolls and wisdom perception checks. So all perception checks you have advantage on, which, I mean, you technically had anyway, because you're an elf. I didn't think that through very good, but we never did it. But now you can do it in the day and the night. (laughs) So when you roll initiative, you roll 2d20s, take the highest. And when you have to make a perception check, you roll 2d20s and take the highest. So rolling 2d20s from now on? When you're rolling initiative, or if you're rolling for perception to see something. What is initiative? That's when we decide who goes first. Yes. But I don't want to go first. You will now go first! <laughs> is there a glow about this breastplate? Uh, the glow dissipates. It doesn't stick around. And a shar- our ghost slinger, your sword, the katana, also only glows when it is cold. What about when something hits her breastplate? Will it react with a golden... A blue glow? Like a resistance? Maybe. Do you want it to, Asharis? Sure, I'm gonna... Well, do I? Am I gonna light up on the battlefield? Like, Yeah, maybe Maybe it's like not the best day. idea to have it light up every time you get hit, because in well, the dark, if, if you bump against something... Oh no, I glowed, and now all the goblins know where we are. Yeah, well, no, if it's a force goblins. field... You know, if, if something hits her, I'm thinking if it's a force field, something hits her, and, it, and it, like, boom, like it's a force field, you know? That's what I was thinking, but okay. So no glow. For everyone's for everyone's reference, Merlin, your gem is a pearl of power, which is on the Dungeon Master's Guide, page 184. Pearl of power. Okay, pearl of power. Cool. And Ghost Slinger, your sword is a frost brand, Dungeon Master's Guide, 171. Nice. Frost brand, huh? And Desharis, your mithril armor is a sentinel shield, Dungeon Master's Guide, page 199. 99 is a number. <laughs> uh, the is on which one? 171. And 199. And what kind of a thing is it on 199? Uh, it is a sentinel shield. Thank you. So I gave you the effect off of things that exist in the book, but put them on items that you have already. Yay! Du, 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 du. All right. I'm bringing about the sword upgrade. The reason we didn't run over and jump into the cave and try to save 
the uh, the dead person was because nobody said there's a dead body in the cave. She just went over. You mean in the in the nest? In the bushes. We didn't the, talk to each the jungle. We didn't talk to each other. We didn't. Nobody told me that I was over there analyzing blood. It wasn't my. We were arguing over <laughs> if we should loot a body. No, I'm saying this because in the future, we, when we just see something, say something. You know, it's like, no. oh my god, no. <laughs> I was surprised. I was really surprised that uh, that Asharis didn't say anything. But at the same time, no one else was saying anything. So why not? We well, were trying to loot a body. Run in, save him. You were just wanting to check the pockets and make sure there was no gold in there. I know you. <laughs> no, I was literally trying to loot the body. So yes, exactly what he said. No. <laughs> It's not just gold, and it's not just checking the pockets. Oh, it's not just gold. I'll take all of it. <laughs> all She's of it. Gonna... I'm taking everything, even the boots off your feet. <laughs> so I wonder if we can check back with uh, Brandon Branderson later and see if those eggs hatch in 23 days. Is that how what long they're supposed to hatch? 23 days. I bet that's how long chickens or ducks take. It's like chickens, eggs, duck eggs, all eggs pretty much. 23 days. Well, guess yeah. what? He just wants scrambled eggs. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for remembering that, little girl. I was very irritated about that. <laughs> oh, my God. He wanted to eat them? He wanted to eat them. <laughs> we just went through all that so he could get some scrambled eggs, and he still doesn't have them. <laughs> Nope. I had some this morning, though. <laughs> With sausage. Can we ask the dragon if now we're powerful enough to... Uh, can we have some life advice? Defeat Zabuza. Have some life advice? Yes, life or advice. Or at least make it to the left, the final Horcrux. The final round. It's the final Horcrux. Moms. Argal will dart life advice. <laughs> I believe that you need to try your best to always be two steps ahead of your enemies. Especially this Zabuza character. He seems like he could cause us a great deal of trouble in the future. From there, we're going to cut the scene a little bit. Yay, life advice. So imagine in your mind's eye as Argal is telling you to worry about Zabuza. I'm worried. Zabuza is furiously working on a spell. Lights flash and smoke rises up from a spell circle at his feet. There are piles of dwarven gemstones all around him that are slowly becoming molten and disappearing down into the spell circle as they spread out and take up the arcane runes that he's drawn on the ground. Uh, we hear him chanting, Pargon Sect Tatukah! Do we lose it? Yes, I think so. Blah, 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 blah. blah, blah <laughs> okay, you're back. Blah, blah, blah. You're back. Did you hear me say, Pargon sect tataka? No, but it sounds Japanese. All right. Well, Zabuza was casting a spell, a very, very powerful spell. Oh, no. We don't know where he is in the world, but we suddenly see around all of you that spell circle that was at his feet. Sm melts its way into the pink and white moss that is surrounding you. Oh, that's just horrible. Argal is standing there telling you about how we need you need to be two steps ahead of Zabuza. 
in order to be successful in your quest. And all of the sudden, you don't hear him anymore. Instead, you hear a voice in your mind. Shouldn't have asked for life advice. Yep, we're going to be dead advice. <laughs> dead advice. You see Zabuz's face. It's visible to all of you. He has dark rings under his eyes as if he has not slept since the last time you saw him. And he says, You're going to have a lot harder time from here on. There will be no easy path to my last treasure. It has been the hidden the longest, and the barrier between the plains routent has been almost completely destroyed, Ghost Slinger. Okay. <laughs> now you will have to play my games. Welcome to the dark. Play some mind games, guys. Welcome to the dark. You see the image outside of Argal suddenly shift as he realizes that you're fading away. Um. The pink and white moss surrounding you is flickering. You see flashes of dark sky and faint clouds and the color starts to fade from the world. Zabuza laughs. Wonderful. The last thing you see from Argal is a big blast of blue flame shooting straight towards you. But before it reaches you, it is stopped and swirls around an invisible dome that has enveloped you. Well, then I guess welcome to the Shadowfell, mates. That was a quick transition. With Zabuza's final echoing laughter, you feel as if the world is tumbling head over heels. There's a flutter in your stomach as if you're floating, and you can't see anything for a few moments until a dim light slowly comes into focus. The magical land of the Feywild has been replaced by the grim half-dark of the Shadowfell. Instead of the easy trip that you were promised, you may, you're going to have to fight your way through a much more difficult land to reach the Shadowfell Swamp in the south. And now it is a swamp. Maybe. You don't know what it is here. But it might be a swamp. It's a thing! It's a secret desert! Let me pull together. I should be able to find that thing and describe where you find yourselves now. You are standing in the Shadowfell upon a burial mound rising up into the sky. Upon a what? Upon a thing that we can't hear. You're standing in the Shadowfell, standing atop a burial mound rising up into the sky with open tombs that have been exposed to the black ichor of what was a beautiful ocean in the material plane. This black ichor now laps at the side of this burial mound, occasionally plunging the contents of a tomb into the sea. Well, that's terrible. The trees around you don't have any leaves. They're basically just twigs across the landscape. And nearby, you see a couple of figures. Is it a figure four? An outside outline of a tree? A bunny rabbit? They appear to be people-sized. Uh-oh. They are... And it's all black and white. Nearby, a small outcropping of trees. And it's black and white. With wicked-looking knot holes in them. One of them has a, let's say, a, a crow in the tree. I just learned what a knot hole was today. Hey, that's a good thing. Crows, we can eat them. No! Caw! Caw! <laughs> See, it agreed. And then it also says, blah, blah. <laughs> because wow. blah, 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 blah. That's a joke for me. The listeners won't get it, because I'll probably edit all that out. <laughs> 
Just edit. I hope you're still recording. Yeah. Now that I split the thing and I'm not prepared, it's going to record all night. We can talk for another three hours. (laughs) Of course. Man. We missed some good episodes, listeners. I profoundly apologize. Me too. Well, so what do you guys do? There's some people over there. Uh, Let's go talk to them. No. Why not? That seems gotta... like a bad idea. We're in the Shadowfell. Do you think we should talk oh. to random people in the Shadowfell? There is one other thing that's around you. There's a very, very nervous-looking Rawl standing oh with you guys. Oh, my God. Rawl is getting... Are you kidding? We have Rawl. On our adventures? Hello, Rawl. Welcome to the Shadowfell. This... This bad. No no like. No like. <laughs> Understandably so. Poor guy. He's been through hell with us. Oi! Uh, he actually has his uh, his tail in his claws. He's kind of holding on to the tip of his tail. And you, you can see that he's squeezing it every now and again. Hmm. Well, I don't know what else I to sh- do except for go towards the people. You guys go talk to the people. I'll stay here. There's only two of them. Rawl is with us. Okay. So right. are we going are We going toward the people? I guess so. Only, I don't know what else to do. You guys go there's far. There's only two of them. Yeah. It's a forest with stucky black trees, no limbs. It's a, on a rolling hill. It looks Everything's like black and white. a haunted house. Yes. And you're near an ocean that looks like black ichor. So we may as well go not be near this ocean. Let's go ask him if there's a bar around here so we can get a drink. Oh do my god! Which di- do we know which direction we need to go? South. We. She's correct. I'm correct. <laughs> she is correct. South is the way to go. Okay. Rawl pipes up and he says, "I help." And he points that way. Yep. Wonder how he knows. Is it in the direction? All right, let's go that way. It's kind of. Let's say you're not headed directly towards them. But you're going to move closer to them before you move past them. There's only two of them. Let's go. You guys go first. I'll go last. To the We're looking for a room. A town or something anyway. There's no towns. They have grayed the shoveled clothes. And neither of them are looking at you as you come up closer to them. Hmm. Well, (laughs) Well, let me send up. Archimedes. Archimedes. Let me see Archimedes and look around <laughs> and see what else is around here. What do you think? Yep. Do you do that before moving towards the people or? Well, I kind of like to have him in the air anyway so I can see how the path goes. But yeah, let's just shoot him up there and let him look around. All right. As Archimedes goes out and looks around this area, you see a desolate landscape. You do get a much better view of the side of this burial mound. You can see that the cliff face is pockmarked with holes. And if Archimedes looks a little closer, he can see that inside those holes are burial tombs. There are caskets that are hanging out the side of a couple of them. And some rocks fall away into the ocean from time to time. Don't we just love caskets here? The whole thing is washing into the ocean, into the ocean of uh, muck. Yeah, pretty much. Somebody must be burying these up people, so uh, there's got to be a town around here somewhere. No, maybe they're just burying themselves. <laughs> How is that possible? Burying themselves. It's a different dimension. You don't know what's possible. That's true. I'm 
finding out. Buried themselves. As you guys go to walk in the direction that Raw pointed out, the two people, you notice that one of them has their head bent around impossibly far to look at you as you walk by. Oh no, there's zombies. All right, this is just wonderful. Okay, let's just ignore them and go on by them, see what happens. Now I hear laughing. Draw Um, your sword, please. I draw my sword! I draw Exactly, there you go. We're talking to each other now. We will we will cut it there. I like that. Merlin is like, let's ignore them, but draw your sword. Just in case. Just in case we want to draw that sword. That's pretty good. Zabu uh, uh, Argal said about life, we should be forward thinking, and drawing your sword is thinking forward. It's not a friendly approach, but we're ready. That's the problem. It's not a friendly approach. You're already ready for the trouble that it may not. Well, when a guy turns his head all the way around to look at me, I'm drawing my sword. I don't care what he thinks. I suppose it is true. Sorry about that, folks. Shorter episode this time, but you can catch more at dndtonight.com.